This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Thank you for choosing the Dine Local ST podcast. Visit DineLocalST.com for the latest in restaurant offerings. Here's your host, Nick Shenton. Hi, everybody. It is time for another episode of the Dine Local San Diego podcast. I'm your host, Nick Shenton, and we got an awesome, awesome day for you here today. Uh, we got Joe Herman doing another farmer's market report. We're going to dive right into that. We got restaurant week uh, just starting right around the corner, September 22nd. Make sure you get out and go to San Diego com to make your reservations. Uh, all kinds of awesome search engines in there to find out whether you want to dine by uh, neighborhood, by cuisine, by price point by lunch, by dinner, every, every which way you can imagine, you can figure out and plan your dining experience right there. That's SanDiegoRestaurantWeek.com. Well, let's get into it. Joe, we got a farmer's market report here. Lots of transitionings happening. Uh, I, you know, it's still hot outside, but we're seeing this fall stuff, right? Right, correct. And, uh, you know, I noticed a lot limited of the stone fruit right now. Is this it for stone fruit? Yes, yeah, is it. Uh Troy Regeer, this is his last week at the market for yellow peaches, and the supplies are just limited. They're not where they were, and it's time to, you know, we're transitioning out. We're going to move fully into pears, and we're seeing four varieties of Asian pears right now. Four varieties of Asian pears. Yes. Kosui, Hosui, Chojuro, Suli, and I'm, actually Yali. So the Suli is something Five I haven't varieties. heard about. It. What's that? Suli? Uh, you know, it it's a crisp, juicy pear. It looks like a cross almost between, man, like an apple and a European pear. It doesn't really have that other Asian pear, brown skin. It eats in between. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a yali. Uh, it's not super crisp, but it is juicy, but it's not quite that Bartlett texture. And then also we're going to see some Comis pears coming in as well. And then we'll go into Bosque and things like that. Wow, pears. So pears are definitely what's happening right now. Are we seeing any persimmons yet? Not quite yet, but they are on the way. I'd say one or two weeks, just depending on the weather and if they if they're ready to pick. So you're talking about weather right now, uh, and it you know I know like here we kind of get this like last heat burst at this time of year. Mm-hmm. Now, are we seeing tropicals because of that? We're yeah, we're seeing lots of dragon fruit pataya coming from a number of farms: NBC Farms, Wallace Ranch. Tons of passion fruit. I mean, we can't. I mean, it's coming from all angles. Passion fruit is one of my absolute favorites. You know, that's something that I didn't. I've never really tried. You know, I've had it in like juice form, and mm-hmm. I knew the flavor of it, but I never experienced the texture of eating fresh passion fruit. And it's such. And the stuff that we've been getting locally. I mean, this this tart, sweet, just like that citric kind of pull your mouth tight, but just super, super delicious stuff. Right. right? Yeah. Just. Way above anything else, and you know, you get them when they're you pick them you, when they're wrinkly and mm-hmm. and dried out a little bit, and those sugars have really converted. <clears throat> Super fragrant, delicious, really nice. Great, I, yeah, awesome. And the pataya we're seeing too, right? That's the dragon fruit. Dragon fruit, yeah. We're seeing um, mostly uh, red varieties. We do get a few white, but that's coming from Wallace Ranch and some from NBC Farms. And you know, a lot of people downplay it. They just think it tastes like sugar water. It's bland. This stuff is good. This stuff has acid. This is stuff sweet. It's got some depth, and it's it's so refreshing and, and great. Yeah, I, I would definitely kind of been categorized as one of those people who's not like a super fan of pitaya or dragon fruit because I don't I don't think there is much depth to right. it. I get it, but now you've just convinced me. I got to go try yeah, it because you I mean, just like told me exactly what I would knock dragon fruit for, and 
You're yeah, saying and, that this stuff's better. So. And Wallace Ranch, I mean, they have like seven different varieties and that they're, they're growing and it's like, wow. And they're experts at it. They know what's going on. All right. Well, that's uh, on my things to do uh, after this podcast is over. I'm go right. j- dig into some dragon so fruit. So it's that. Apples are in. Hard squashes. Lots of delicata coming from Tutti Fruity, Sea Canyon Orchards. Good amount of varieties of apples. Fairhills Farm is there. We're waiting on Kuyama Orchards to show up. And, you know, we're just going to make our way into fall and get that transition. We're starting to see mustard greens, uh, spigarello. So it's cooling down enough where these stuff, this stuff's coming in. Okay. Broccoli will start coming back real nice. Yeah. From Coleman Family Farms. Everyone's waiting for that. I don't think he's going to be able to produce enough this year. So no, so fall fruits are kind of first to show yes. because, they, you know, those start maturity. Mm-hmm. They start, you know, from blossom, middle summer, early summer. Right. And then the fruit starts forming and then... It's then harvested in the fall where these other fall vegetables, they're kind of limited in growth because they don't like that hot weather. So the vegetables are a little bit behind. With the exception of hard squash, that's all planted the same time tomatoes are, everything else. And they pick it and they cure it. So so it's ready to go. So speaking back to hard squashes, I saw the red curries in this week. That's uh, definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, red curries are in. uh, Sunshine kabocha, which its parentage is red curry. It's almost the same thing. Regular kombucha, delicata, spaghetti squash. Uh, we're starting to see a variety of pumpkins now, some decorative, some not. Uh, I've saw, seen some blue Hubbard. Uh, and then oh, wow. a couple other ones. But yeah, and then everything seems to be going out. Peppers are a little limited. Uh, the summer squashes are a little limited. It's time. It's, good. It's, a good, it's time for it to change. It's good. We need it. And we need a refresher. All right, chefs, you've been warned. Change your menus. It's the season change. All right. Thank you, Joe, so much for that awesome Farmer's Market report. Um, Really appreciate that. Coming up next, we got the guys from Big Table here to tell us all about that. And so stay tuned. All right, everybody. Welcome back. It's time for the main ingredient. And today we have a very, very special feature. We're going to be talking to Kevin Finch of Big Table. And... Big Table is something that I just found out about, but I mean, man, is there a need for it in uh, the restaurant industry, the the hospitality industry. So, Kevin, um, please tell me, what is Big Table? So, we care for folks in crisis in the restaurant and hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. I worked uh, for about 10 years in the Northwest as a restaurant critic. And while I was writing about food, uh, my spidey sense started to go off thinking, seems like behind the smiles of the folks that are working in restaurants and hotels, there's a higher concentration of need than I'd seen anywhere else in the community. Yeah. And I started poking around at statistics, and the statistics not only bore that out, they actually revealed that the situation was much, much worse than I'd ever guessed. Yeah. And so what we're kind of talking about here, again, is just the the need for a support system. Exactly. And, uh, you know, when we talk about, you know, what it takes to make it in this industry, you've got some of the most dedicated, hardworking individuals uh, that you know, you'll ever meet, mm-hmm. ever meet. And a lot of times they just throw themselves into the work. Right. And, you know, that's creating, you know, a lot of opportunities where they may need a helping hand. So what Absolutely. kind of things do we does Big Table focus on? Well, one of the things that I think to just echo your point this is the one industry that has an opposite schedule from the rest of the community. Yeah. You're working nights, weekends, holidays. When everyone else is off, you're working. 
So you're isolated just by the very nature of where you work. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the support structure that's in place in the community for other people just isn't available. How oh, very just, true. Uh, just from a time standpoint. Yeah. For the restaurant hospitality community. So what we end up doing is most nonprofits are organized around doing one thing really well. Yeah. We're organized around caring for one group of people the best we can, which is the restaurant hospitality industry. So the kinds of care that we do, um, uh, it varies Mm -hmm. depending on the need of the person. Now, is this something that people in need reach out to you for? Or is this something that, you know, if a chef is listening and he's got... Like, you know, he just, you know, or he or she has yep. this employee that they, you know, just exactly. they see struggling. Is that something? Well, how, know, do they, how do we I, get involved I, in this? I had, did I pay you to ask that question? This is perfect. <laughs> this is a perfect setup. Um, unlike most nonprofits, most nonprofits are organized on a hotline model, which mm-hmm. is the person in need reaches out and asks for help. Yeah. Um, in my former life, I was a pastor. A lot of folks show up at the door of the church asking for help. Every single one of them needed help. Almost none of them needed the help that they were asking for. They were kind of working the system. Yeah. And it was so discouraging to try to help those people because the real need, the real help that they needed, they didn't want. And it just felt wrong to be enabling something that wouldn't help. Yeah. With Big Table, um, and this, there's a fun story about how this started. It's a referral model. So that chef that might be listening, so anyone in the industry that might be listening, if they see someone in need, they're the one who reaches out to Big Table. Mm-hmm. It's a real simple um, online form on our website so that we and can And that answer. website is? Uh, big-table.com. Mm-hmm. And there's a San Diego page. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, we also are up in the Northwest in two cities. But um, you just click on the San Diego page, or you can click on the Refer Someone for Care uh, button right at the top of the main page. Yeah. And so, again, let's kind of talk about the kind of issues that are facing these, Mm -hmm. you know, these people that are in this industry. Uh, You know, what kind of supports are there? Are there substance abuse support? Is it... Yes. Like, (laughs) okay, there we go. So, like, is it, you know, something that we help people get into programs, counseling? And what kind of services are we connecting people with? Well, obviously, um, there's a there the industry literally posts the highest rates of substance abuse of any industry in the nation. So wow. that's an issue. Yeah. Um, rarely is that the first issue that we get to address mm-hmm. uh, because usually that's at least in most restaurants, uh, the folks that are struggling are are still functional and yeah. they're struggling. They're functional alcoholics. They're functional addicts, and so something else starts to spin out of control first. Mm-hmm. And so it may be that they get behind on their rent or they're about to get evicted and we can kind of come in and help with some housing stability. It may be that they have a dental issue. They don't have insurance and they've mm-hmm. got an impacted tooth or a tooth, you know, they need a, a root canal. Sure. Um, it could be that their car broke down or um, there's a issue of transportation to work. Yeah. Um, there sometimes it's, it's amazing the number of folks that, because it's a chef, it's an owner, it's a, it's a GM or a manager that sees the person and refers them. Um, they're just seeing that this person is struggling in a way. Maybe they're depressed. Maybe yeah. they've, there's been a crisis or a breakup with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a parent has died. And they just they can catch it before it, it's, they have to fire the person. Yeah, yeah. So, again, that's, that's you know, very true because 
When we talk about, you know, one of the things I think of the theme for this show is food comes from a good place. Good yep. food comes from a good place. Yeah. And a lot of times when you, especially if you're kind of in a management, you have this person that you know right. is so capable and so, you know, who's a great performer. Right. And then all of a sudden something starts happening. Mm -hmm. And often it's not, you know, often it's, again, this confluence of all these challenges and issues that exactly. face the, the, the people that are you know, this, this workforce. Right. And it's so incredible to hear somebody or, you know, a group of an organization that is, you know, acknowledging that, acknowledging the sacrifices that uh, this community makes, you know, often it's, you know, again, a lot of uh, bilingual uh, immigrant um, mm -hmm. workforce where, you know, a lot of times that, that you know, through heritage and circumstances, a lot of, they might not have had many opportunities in other industries right. and they kind of end up in this industry, right. which like you just said, because of the hours, because of all the other things associated with it, mm -hmm. um, you know, often doesn't leaves them kind of lost. And without a lot of resources, I mean, you've got a huge, uh, our industry is one of the few industries that will employ folks that have uh, felonies on their records that are trying to turn their lives around. Wow. Yeah. Um, you do have the strong immigrant community. You have at-risk teens. You've got single, single parents that need the flexibility to trade hours to take care of their kid mm -hmm. and end up in the industry. Yeah. Um, when you think about it, all of the most vulnerable populations in the community are represented in far disproportionate numbers in our industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so it, then the statistics, it's not like, oh, it just starts to make sense. Yeah. There would be high rates of poverty and uh, drug and alcohol abuse. Uh, not because the people are, they're, they're amazing people in this industry. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the deck in many of their cases has been stacked against them. Yeah. And when you're living that check to check life, you know, it's just like one, one little thing. thing. You know, and it just throws a wrench in the whole situation. And what a fantastic thing to have a community of support and that, that was sorely right. needed. And, uh, it, you know, it's incredible that you've been able to step, step in there like this. Now, how do we fund this? How do, <laughs> how do, how do we keep Big Table in a position to support yeah. other people? It's, a, uh, it's been amazing that um, we've tried um, and – it's fun to do the podcast. Uh, typically, we try to uh, do low profile and just build relationships along the way mm -hmm. um, so that we don't uh, promise too much and under-deliver. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of relationships with chefs that care for their people that we start to connect to. We invite them to a dinner. They come experience a dinner. They put in a referral. Um, often those chefs and those restaurants go, this is so important that someone's caring for our industry. I want to help support this financially. Yeah. Um, given the margins that are in the in restaurants, that's not our primary course of our source of support. Sure. Um, companies that supply restaurants often go, "Oh my gosh, you're caring for the people that keep us in business." Yeah. We want to give to this. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a source. Uh, we've also been amazingly effective at just telling people who our foodies, our, our love to go out to eat and say, do you realize the need um, that when you're interacting with those folks in that restaurant that you love so much that you're probably engaging some of the folks most in need in our entire community? Yeah. Um, and a lot of them say, I'd like to be giving monthly to Big Table, but then we've got all these really cool ways that they can specifically and individually begin to care for people in the industry just as they go out to dine. Yeah. 
So that's, that's super cool. So again, the best place to find out more information about Big Table is Big Dash Table. Dot com. Yep. All right. And uh, we, any, we've got a couple of upcoming events, right? We do. We've got a dinner actually going to be here at Specialty. Okay, cool. In and, the Food Museum. And, and again, this is going to be kind of a, the little bit of a role reversal, right? Exactly. Where the, the, the goal is to give back to, again, a couple of these people yeah. and, and, and cook for them. So we're going to get restaurant employees? So at the table, yeah, these are not dinners that we sell tickets to. These are dinners where it's a personal invitation to mm-hmm. someone who's a dishwasher or a chef or a housekeeper. Um, they get to be guests for a night, and we cook an amazing six, seven-course dinner. Wow. And uh, it's, it's actually the most fun, hilarious people at the table are often the chefs. Yeah. Because they're so unused to sitting at the table that some of them get nervous and fidgety. And then they're like, I've got to go check on the kitchen, see if he needs any help. Totally. I smell something burning. Yeah, something's going on. (laughs) Um, But the reversal then is the folks who are serving Mm -hmm. uh, that dinner are folks who would normally be dining out. Yeah. Uh, Folks from the community that spend a night uh, bussing dishes and serving plates. And at the end of the night, their feet are killing them, their back's killing them, and they go, and I thought that was an easy job. Yeah, right. So <laughs> that was one shift. What a, you know? What a neat, neat way to do it. Uh, you know, again, just to allow this, you know, form this community, right. and and just uh, you know raise awareness. And that's so super, super, super cool. Yeah. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely, guys. Everybody, go out to big-table.com to find more about this incredible organization, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you.